I'm Bob Cudmore. This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also available on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. We begin with constituent questions. Question number one, Mayor, comes from an anonymous resident who's unhappy about the taxi service in Albany. He says, quote, the mayor must do something about this atrocious cab service. I'm now waiting over an hour and a half for a cab when I was told it would be 25 minutes. If I had a flight and not a rental car pickup, I would have missed my flight. Third world service at a ridiculous premium cost. What do you say to that? I hear that complaint far too often, and I am very grateful that the governor did sign legislation that was passed in the legislative session that gives uh, municipalities the opportunity to have CDTA uh, really take over and and provide regional oversight over taxi services. I was a big supporter of that legislation, which was championed by John McDonald, uh, one of our assembly members, and uh, this is the first step in a solution that we need in order to prevent this from happening. You know, this is about more than just the inconvenience and frustration. And, you know, I, I share the frustration of this individual, but it's about economic development. It's about how we grow this region. And if we don't have reliable taxi service or what I've been advocating for as well, ride sharing, which exists throughout the country, we're going to be left behind. We need to make sure that we provide people with access to transportation and to the convenience of transportation. Fewer and fewer young people are buying cars. People are becoming more reliant on public transportation. Taxis are a part of a transportation system. And so I'm going to be working diligently now that this law has been passed to cooperate with CDTA to make sure that we move as swiftly as possible on a regional oversight of taxis. And I'm also going to continue to advocate very hard for ride-sharing services in the capital region. It provides another outlet. It provides competition. And we need to get into the 21st century. Okay. Next question comes from a woman named Penelope. She writes, what's the policy for speaking in front of the Common Council? Can I just show up and speak, or do I have to do something in advance? Well, she can absolutely just show up and speak. The council meets on um, the first and third Monday of the month. If Monday is a holiday, it typically gets bumped to Thursday. The meetings start at 7 p.m., and when you arrive, uh, try to get there a little bit before 7, and you can sign up uh, and to speak. You can also get on the list in advance by calling the city clerk's office at 434-5090 and make sure that you're on that list. Uh, the public can speak. Each person can speak for about five minutes, uh, and they can also submit written testimony. I suppose it all varies, but do a lot of people show up? It does vary. It depends on the issue. If there is an issue that is particularly important to a particular neighborhood, we see a number of people show up uh, when there were uh, uh, a resolution in front of the council uh, to vote against or to express their opinion against the Pilgrim Pipeline, for example. A number of people showed up. So it varies. Okay. You can send in your questions for the mayor to ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. Let's uh, move to some questions uh, drawn from the Daily News. 
Um, budget gap. Your administration is working on its 2017 budget, and a memo has gone to department heads telling them to hire only essential personnel and to limit spending to help close a $6 million gap in this year's budget. Uh, is that the size of the gap? And that sounds pretty daunting. Well, it does sound daunting, but we are seeing savings in a number of areas, and this is an important measure that we're taking in order to ensure that we finish the budget uh, on budget and that we are able to, to close that gap. We continue to post positions because we have to really be in continuous recruitment, particularly for positions, for example, in our planning office. And what we look at before we fill a position when we're in a situation like this is, is this a position that is going to help us to generate revenue, um, or is this a position that can wait until the next budget year before we fill it? The sinkhole. What's the uh, latest on efforts to repair the water main and sewer lines in the sinkhole near Washington Park? I gather there's some new information or, or, or a bit of a, or a delay in getting this done. Well, you know, as with any of these projects, once you get in there, oftentimes you find things are not in the condition that you expected them to be. That's a little bit of what we're up against right now, but we do expect the project to be completed in about a week. Okay. And in terms of the cost, as I understand it, this doesn't, we were just talking about the city budget, this doesn't come from the city budgets, comes from another source? That's right. The water department is a separate, has its own separate budget, and it generates its revenue by user fees uh, on the use of water. And so it has the capacity to pay for this repair. It's not going to come out of the general fund budget. Are there still water use restrictions? There are, and we hope to get those lifted as soon as possible. We're nearing the end. Uh, weather permitting, we should be done, as I said, uh, you know, within about a week. Another issue uh, from the news, vacation pay. A former deputy chief inspector in the city building department says he deserves full payout of 1,400 hours in vacation time, which he accrued. Uh, in February 2015, February of last year, a new policy canceled out a longstanding practice of paying out unlimited vacation time to department heads and their deputies. The city did pay a $134,000 buyout to former police chief Stephen Krokoff, who retired in March of 2015, saying his retirement papers were filed just before the buyout. What's your comment on the latest bid for vacation pay? Well, I can't speak to an individual matter. Um, it's a personnel matter, and the individual has retained an attorney. But I can speak broadly to the fact that when I became mayor, I asked the controller's office to come in and do an audit of our payroll because I was concerned about some of the policies that had existed and uh, wanted to make sure that I understood where we were and what the status was as of taking office. And this was one of the policies that clearly the Comptroller's Office pointed out that uh, under the previous administration, being able to accrue unlimited vacation time was certainly far outside the norm, and that also the controls around tracking that time and use of time were not ideal. And that's not to suggest that there was anything nefarious going on, but that our record keeping was very poor. We ended that policy and uh, we, we uh, capped everybody at what is uh, more typical in state government, which is up to 300 hours. We sent a memo out to everybody, encouraged them to use their time. We said we weren't going to take it away, but they would not be paid out that time if they chose to leave city service before they used up that time. 
I mean, the problem being that somebody like a police chief you know, is always, you know, can't take vacation sometimes just because they need the person in the job. Well, that's one of the things that we really looked at is that this policy applied to a number of different people. It was very confusing as to which titles it applied to. Other employees were not allowed to accrue unlimited time. It was really uh, not a very clear set policy. And so even speaking to specific individuals, whether it applied to them seemed to be a bit arbitrary. And so it was not a good policy. It wasn't good for taxpayers. And it's also not good for employees. I encourage everybody to take their time. Our police chief needs to take a vacation. Um, our, you know, Even people in commissioner mm-hmm. positions, that's why we have deputy commissioners. That's why we have command staff. And uh, we need for people to be fresh. We need for them to be able to do their job, but also get away and enjoy their families just like everybody else. Once again, you're going to be taking City Hall on the road, I believe, for the third time this year. What's the next stop? The next stop is at the Jewish Community Center on Whitehall Road. We'll be there Tuesday at 530. We're really looking forward to that. The first two City Halls on the road were really um, great. We had a lot of people, a lot of good questions, a lot of feedback that people were happy to be able to get information about city services and get their questions answered. So we look forward to seeing people there. Story in the news about the Albany Center Gallery, an art gallery now on Columbia Street, is considering a move to another city because of rising rent. Is the city trying to help surmount this problem? We have. We have shown the Center Gallery many, many, many spaces uh, that, that are available in the city. And we know that there are uh, certainly landlords who are interested in working with them. And so we hope that they're able to find a home and remain in Albany. Zoning. There have been uh, public meetings on Albany's rezoning plan. What are the highlights of these changes? Well, you know, this new zoning plan is designed to make everything easier to understand, make it easier for our residents to navigate through our zoning code, make it easier for development to really allow themselves to understand what the city is looking for in a particular zoned area. So it includes not just a litany of text describing what can happen, but actual pictures and graphs showing the types of development that will work in certain areas. It just levels the playing field. It makes things easier. It's also bringing entire neighborhoods and the zoning for an entire neighborhood into what that neighborhood looks like today versus what it looked like in the 1950s when the zoning was originally created for that neighborhood. We have some neighborhoods in the city of Albany where 80% of the properties are what we call non-conforming. So, for example, if it's zone one and two family, but most of the properties are three to four family, we're going to change the zoning code so that it matches what's happening in that neighborhood, which then makes it easier to reinvest and develop in that neighborhood without having to go through an arduous zoning variance process. Well, Albany has has changed some, and there was some news coverage uh, about the city of Albany citing different growth things or things that are happening, the convention center, road improvements, and so forth. And is it correct to say Albany is growing as a place to live, but that office space, especially downtown, is is hard to fill, for example, in the area around the bus station? Well, you know, the area around the bus station is really unique because that is owned by the state, and that is the former convention center site. And Empire State Development Corporation is working to get that property redeveloped. 
and we stand ready and willing to work with them. We've made it very clear from the very beginning that we understand that tax incentives are probably going to be needed. Um, we knew that we were going to have to make zoning changes, which we're in the process of making. So the city has not been the barrier to that development. We have made it very clear that we are ready, willing, and able to do what it takes to get that property redeveloped. But the rest of the city is really on the upswing. We have a market that is growing with downtown residential that is 97% occupied, and we have new apartments that are coming online. We have a market study that demonstrates that we can really absorb 100 to 200 housing per year for the next 10 years in downtown. And we're seeing that development happen. We've got growth in Sheridan Hollow, which is a, uh, um, a neighborhood in Albany that had really been forgotten, mm-hmm. that has really come zooming back to life. We've had c- tremendous commercial development. If you look at our Delaware Avenue area, that neighborhood is really doing well. Upper Madison Avenue, we're seeing investment really throughout the city and new residents. Mm-hmm. But what about the about office space? Is that I mean housing or people want again want to live in a city like Albany, but it's hard to you know have uh, offices occupied. Well, the challenges that we have in downtown are really outdated office space. You know the the demands for new offices are different, uh, and and the office market has really changed dramatically in the last ten years. But we are seeing uh, a real interest in locating downtown. Parking is the perennial issue that we um, face and challenge that we face. Mm -hmm. Our parking authority is undergoing a parking study. We imagine that in the near future we will be uh, uh, creating new parking facilities, both in our warehouse district, which is growing, as well as finding a additional parking in our downtown to meet the demand. Uh, If we can meet that demand, then we know that we can attract new office tenants to our downtown. Another topic, the Gold Star Memorial, the Gold Star Families Memorial Monument being built in Lafayette Park to honor families of those who have family members who've died in military service. How how can people support this cause? So this is um, an effort that was brought to my attention. Uh, The Lafayette Park is is state-owned property. property. Mm -hmm. And many years ago, the state allowed uh, the Vietnam Memorial to be built there. It's an incredible memorial. It was rebuilt in recent years because of some issues around it. And so uh, when a group of Gold Star families came and asked about the Gold Star Monument, uh, they really thought that that was an ideal location for it because of its location near the Vietnam Memorial. And so they have undertaken an effort. They're raising funding. Their goal is to raise $75,000. People can donate through the Tri-County Council Vietnam-era veterans. Um, they can also go to Tri-County Council Vietnam-era veterans website, which is tccvev.com, or they can call John McKenna, who's one of the organizers, at 928 928- Zero five six nine. Times Union just did a series on women in politics. They quoted you and a number of other women who were in, working in government. And you said that women in government look at multiple needs. What do you mean by that? Well, I think it's just the bringing a perspective um, that is really looking at, you know, not necessarily just the problem right in front of us, but how that challenge impacts, whether it's I, one of the examples that I gave um, was around uh, street side memorials. Um, and, and those are things that crop up in the city of Albany, often when there's a tragedy, a pedestrian accident, or, or some other um, tragedy. And, you know, 
I brought to that the perspective of can a mom get down the street with a stroller? Can an elderly person with a walker get down the sidewalk? And those were perspectives that hadn't been discussed in the conversation around what we were going to do with street side memorials before. And so I think it's just bringing that perspective, often women, um, and not to generalize, but we are the main caretaker for our children, and we're often the main caretaker for our parents as they age. And so at front of mind are some of those issues that we face in those roles, and those are very important issues to ensure are on the table when we're talking about policy and about what we're doing in our cities and in our country. Also in that uh, series on women in politics, you said that women in politics are held to a higher ethical standard than men. Well, and, you know, this is not me speaking. These are There have been a number of studies done on this where uh, women are expected to uh, be held to a higher ethical standard. And when they fail to do that, uh, they are also held to higher consequences. And uh, this is borne out in study after study. Uh, that demonstrate that, for example, when um, a person is read a series of misdeeds that somebody did Mm -hmm. and the person is a female, they are given a stronger punishment than the same list of misdeeds and the person is identified as a male. So it's just an interesting note. It's not anything that I think we should be held to very high ethical standards, but I also think that it is a challenge for women because... Um, we have to ensure that we are speaking up for ourselves and that we recognize that, you know, there are still double standards mm-hmm. that exist. Time for a couple of shout outs before we wrap up talk of the town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. There is now a woman deputy fire chief in Albany. That's right. And it was really a great day when we um, swore in Maria Walker. She's the highest ranking woman ever in the 149 year history of the department. We promoted a number of outstanding firefighters and we look forward to their leadership uh, of the department moving forward. I do note you were added to a list or part of a list from a former assemblyman and now political pundit Richard Brodsky of three upstate rising stars in politics. He listed you and the mayors of Buffalo and Syracuse. Well, I think it's uh, great to get a shout out for our capital city. I think it's an acknowledgement that we have wonderful things that are going on in Albany and that we're getting that message out there. So it's good news for all of all of Albany. But there are other things about being mayor. I understand that cold water was poured on your head. Uh, you know, I have not undertaken the ice bucket challenge. I, I did it uh, last year when I was called oh, out. See, I saw the picture on Facebook. Ah, uh, well, you know, I think that that's getting repeated over and over <laughs> again because a very excited group of kids at the Boys and Girls Club witnessed me getting the ice bucket challenge, and they re- they really wanted to see it happen again this year, but <laughs> but it was not yet. to be. All no. Right. Okay, and that's to raise money for the uh, disease. Uh, ALS. And maybe a, a quick shout out, the Albany Police pop-up barbecue. Next one's scheduled uh, Friday, September 16th now. That's right. These have been great events throughout the city. When it's in your neighborhood, please come out. Your kids will love it. It's a great time to see your neighbors. And I really thank the APD and everybody in Albany for making this happen.